Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. We hope that this message inspires you and helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. A few months ago, when everything started shutting down, our schools started shutting down, church meetings started shutting down, Shopping centres, sporting events, cafes, bars, restaurants, all were shutting down, right? And we all found ourselves glued to screens watching the news. And, you know, it's a whole lot of news stuff going on. Um, you know, we're worried about what was going to happen in the future, but ultimately there were just so much unknowns that were happening. And so here we were digesting so much of the news cycle. Now, probably like you, I love the news cycle. I grew up. You know, starting my day, having breakfast as a kid, watching the news, it's kind of part of our world. But I, I noticed something pretty quick, and I'm sure you probably noticed something like this too, that after a while, I quickly found I was digesting too much of it. I didn't like what was coming out the other end from the inside of me. I didn't like how it was affecting my attitude, my outlook, my hope, my, even my faith. And certainly didn't like the way it started causing me to approach life around me and how to ultimately make good decisions to navigate these uncertain times. Now, I'm having, again, I'm not having a go at the news cycle, but I quickly realized that what we digest a lot of and what we put into our lives a lot of, and again, you know this, we can't help but eventually it flows out of us. And with so much news about panic and worry and things closing down and things shutting down, I just really found that it probably wasn't the best thing to be constantly filling my thoughts with, my mind with, my life with. And it started taking place of other things I could have been doing with my time or doing with my life. And I quickly found if it wasn't helpful and if it wasn't hopeful, why would I be filling so much of my life with it? Because ultimately what started coming out wasn't something I was super glad about. Have you experienced that before? Where you find yourself maybe being filled with information or filled with company or filled with time or filled with some resource and you didn't like what happened on the other end of it. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things that we can fill our lives with that are good things. I mean, man, love filling my life with coffee, particularly at the start of the day, right? We cannot run on empty. You need your coffee to get going. Um, food, drink, good company, entertainment. I mean, there's so many good things that we can fill our lives with. But, and here's the point I want to start not only today on, but over this series, talk about. There is a problem that arises when we fill our lives with something for a purpose that it was not intended for. Let me say that again. A problem arises in our life when we fill our lives with something for a purpose that it was not intended for. I remember many years ago, the way I, uh, I convinced Chloe, my wife, to finally go on a date with me is I got a Jeep. I brought a Jeep Wrangler and, uh, you know, soft top. Some of you might remember those days if you knew me back then. And I still maintain to this day, it's the only reason Chloe married me. And it was so cool. We would drive everywhere in this Jeep. I mean, nowhere was off limits. You know, we'd go off the roads. I'd see a paddock. We'd go up the beach. We'd go up, you know, through mud. Absolutely loved it. It was great. Now, I'm not a good driver by any stretch of the imagination. And the Jeep made me appear way better than I was. But anyway, Chloe was, Chloe was impressed. So that was pretty cool. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years. We are married. And we, uh, we sold that Jeep. We got ourselves a, uh, you know, just a, a sedan kind of car. And instinctively, we went for a drive and I took it off road <laughs> into sand. 
And Chloe freaks out. She's like, what are you doing? I don't know. I'm just, this is what we do. We always, you know, we drive. And she's like, this car was not intended for that purpose. You are going to damage it. And as always, she was right. And, and I quickly learned that day that you've got to be intentional about what it was something designed for. And again, problems arises when we use something for a purpose that it was not designed for. And the same case where, you know, I damaged this car because I used it for a purpose it was not designed for. We can often damage good things in our lives because we use them for purposes they were not designed for. Another word for this is abuse. And abuse happens when we use something or someone for a purpose that they were not designed for. I mean, think about the most precious area in any of our lives, our relationships. God has designed relationships to be a blessing to our lives. God has designed you to be a blessing to people in your life. He's designed us to be helpful to people, but we are not designed to be the answer for people's lives. And have you ever felt like that before, that someone has lent on you to be their answer? You're happy to be a help for them, a support for them, a companion for them, an encouragement to them. But the moment you felt like they were relying on you to be the answer to their life, well, things started breaking down. And we can do that, right? And we can take things that are good, like a relationship, but as soon as we start using them for the purpose that they were not designed for, abuse can happen, damage can happen. In fact, I recall several months ago, Brennan Woods, he's one of our teaching pastors, great guy. He, uh, he, he did an amazing message around the idea of our calling in life and our work that we're called to in life. But he, he showed the difference between work and our jobs. And I'll never forget one of the things he said. He goes, we often put too much expectation on our jobs, on our nine to fives, as it were. And we could often find ourselves looking at our jobs that we're paid to do and going, you know, I'm not fulfilled by it and it's not ticking all my boxes. I don't know if it's filled my life or just what I'm called to do. And so we put, we can sometimes have the temptation to put so much expectation and pressure on our jobs as if they're supposed to fill this deep need of meaning and significance and purpose in our lives. And because that is a real need in our lives. But the thing is, maybe the job you've got its purpose really is it's, it's there's a need in the community, there's a service people are willing to pay for and you're providing that service. And a good benefit of that, it helps to fund your lifestyle and fund your ability to put a roof and over your head and feed your family. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what your job is there for. But then we can ruin it when we start putting expectation on it that perhaps that job was never designed to be. Maybe it's okay that your job is just there to help fill a need in the community, to help you know, fulfill a service that people will, will pay for. But again, it, it produces the point that often abuse can happen or damage can happen or a sense of emptiness can happen when we are relying on something to fulfill a purpose that it was not designed for. And then maybe we find ourselves content, discontent, empty, and ultimately running life on empty. Have you ever felt like that before? Where your life might've been filled with so much. I mean, most of you, most of us have incredibly full lives. You know, you might have the, the man or woman of your dreams. You're married, you've got a house, job, toys. You've got your hobbies. Your life is full, but there's still a sense of all well, those stuff. It's all good, but it's not exactly filling. There's a part of me that they don't fill. That's why I need more. I need another toy. I need a bigger house. I need a new partner, whatever it might be, right? So our lives can be full of stuff, but partnered with that, we can find our lives then filled with panic, worry, 
discontentment, maybe frustration, anger even. For some of you, your lives are so full with stuff that you are exhausted and you're tired and you feel like you're running on empty. Whether you feel like that right now or not, you know, we, we all feel like that at times, aren't we? And this is, over the next few weeks, I wanna speak into this idea of running on empty and how it's possible for us all to find ourselves in that situation. But here's my point. I want you to hear me really clearly. And this is something I'm sure you know, but it's worth hearing. It's you and I, we are more than flesh and blood. There's more to you than just what we see on the surface. And you know that. You are more than your emotions. <laughs> you are more than the events that happen to you or by you. There's a deeper part of our lives that exists. And Jesus consistently, constantly referred to this. And He referred to that deeper, immaterial, true part of our lives as the soul. And if you're someone who isn't a Jesus follower, someone who wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, perhaps you're not even sure whether you, where you stand on God, whether you think He's real or not. You could probably still at least nod your head that there is something deeper to your life than just stuff and flesh and bones and emotions and events that maybe there is something deeper than that. And I'm hoping you have at least a curiosity about that. Maybe that's how you found yourself watching this today and I'm glad you're with us, but make no mistake about it. Jesus Himself, the Son of God, <laughs> spoke directly to this idea of the human soul, the immaterial, deep, truest part of us. And hear me on this. It is the part of you that God has created that, can, that only He can fill. It's the part of you that God has designed to be filled by Him. Now, other things can help, no doubt about it. You probably hear people, you know, you might hear music or eat something and go, oh, that's just like food for my soul. Now, no doubt about it. God has designed so many beautiful and wonderful things in our lives, friendships, experiences, sunsets, sunrises, great food, great experiences, right? A lot of these things can help, can help, but they weren't designed to fill our soul. Your soul, the deeper part of you, God has designed to be filled by Him. It's your soul. Do you know you have a soul? It's the immaterial part of you, the real part, the deep part. And the tragedy is often we neglect that side of us. And maybe right now you feel like you're ticking all the boxes, career, relationships, exercise, full, but maybe you've neglected the deep part of you. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, you've been neglecting your soul. And so you find yourself running on empty. And you know, there's often triggers in the same way that you know there are triggers or the signs that, you know, show that you need to eat some food. You know, maybe you're someone who gets hangry. If you're not hangry, that's when you get angry, hungry. Some of you are probably sitting next to someone right now who gets like that without their coffee. So get your coffee. Right, but at the same time, there are signs when your soul is depleted, when your, your soul is empty, when you're running on empty. And one of the, the dangers when that happens is we can often lean on other things to fill our soul. And when we don't recognise the signs that our soul needs replenishing and our soul needs filling, we can start leaning into other things. And they could be good things. They're not always bad things. They can be great things in our life, but we give them then a task or a responsibility, hear me, that they weren't designed for. And so you lean heavily into something that is good and it's there to help you and be a blessing, but wasn't designed to fill your life and to fill your soul. And so this is often when good things in our life can become like an idol in our life because we've lent on them too much. 
And rather than inviting God into a space that was designed for him to fill, we're then relying on something else to fill that space of us. And all through scripture, this idea is referred to as idolatry, idolatry, having an idol in our lives. This happens when we leverage something for what it was never intended for. Make no mistake about it. Nothing is able, is able to hold the place reserved for God in our lives. When you try and lean on something or someone else to hold that place in your life that was reserved for God, that will buckle. Nothing else can handle that kind of weight. And unfortunately, when that happens, it leads to all kinds of unhealthy things in our life. And this is where, unfortunately, the abuse of even good things can happen. Many relationships have been abused because people have put too much expectation on them and required them to play a part in their life that well, they were never designed for and were never called to do. We can do it with not only people, we can do it with things. We can abuse money. We can abuse food. We can abuse drink. And in fact, this is exactly the picture that we see leverage in the Scriptures to help paint this picture and teach this principle. So I want to look at one particular, one particular teaching here from the Apostle Paul who wrote, to the church at Ephesus. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And this is what he teaches. And again, if you're someone who is new to faith, is curious about God or Christianity, this is in our New Testament. The Apostle Paul wrote a whole lot of the letters inside of it, what makes up our New Testament. And here's his letter to the church at Ephesus. He says to them, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Okay, so follow me for a second. There's often this idea in Christianity, and you could even be in Christianity and heard all teaching about this and still get this wrong. We're all inclined to it. And perhaps you're someone who, you've watched Christianity from an outsider's perspective, and this has been your view where, and you've heard this said a million times, that there can be this thought that Christianity is all about rules, what not to do, what to do, and don't touch this, a real joy killer. But the truth is a whole lot of the principles that we find in Scripture, you've got to not see them as rules. You need to view them more like guardrails. If you think when you're driving on a road and you see a guardrail, a guardrail is there for what purpose? To keep you safe. And guardrails are usually put in a position to stop you from veering into somewhere that is dangerous, somewhere that ultimately is harmful. So instead of viewing a whole lot of things that are taught in Scripture, and this is just a simple thought to think on, it's less about rules that you're punished if you cross. They're more like guardrails to keep you from being hurt and causing damage not only to your life and your potential, but also the lives of others. They're there for our safety. And so Paul writes to you, he says, listen, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Recognize, he puts this boundary in place, right? Don't do this. Here's the guardrail. Don't get drunk on wine because it leads somewhere that is gonna hurt your life. It's gonna damage your reputation. It's gonna harm your potential. Maybe even worse, harm your relationships. It leads to debauchery. No one wants debauchery. No one even uses the word debauchery. But there you go. Paul's like, don't do this because it ends up somewhere. This action will lead you somewhere you don't want to go. It will lead you to, re- lead you to regret and pain. So he says this, don't get drunk on wine. But the truth is, whether it's wine or not, this is the whole idea of using something in a way that was not designed for. We abuse something that could even be good we get drunk on it. Whether it's alcohol, it could also be food, it could be entertainment. We have a diet and fill our lives with something that it was not designed for. I once heard it said that entertainment is great as a medicine 
to minister to you when you're sick. But if you make it your diet, it will make you sick, right? So we can abuse even a good thing like entertainment. And then another good thing is even like exercise, which is a good thing, but can be abused. And these are the good things, let alone, let alone behaviours we can engage in that in and of themselves are harmful and can lead to such addictions that we see even the whole lot of people have near the pornography and where there is deep need in lives and we are needing to fill parts of our lives. We lean on many things that were never designed to be able to fill. And this is when they become like an idolatry in our life. And often you know something's an idol in your life when it's an addiction, something that owns you. And you use them for something that they were never intended for, which leads somewhere, which unfortunately causes damage. However, there is good news because there is an alternative. So he says, so don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit that filled Jesus during His time on earth, the Spirit of God, the immaterial, invisible part of God that filled Jesus can now fill your life. You can fill your soul with what was intended for that very purpose, the Holy Spirit. In the same way that God came to the world through Jesus, God comes into your life through His Spirit. If you're someone that is unfamiliar with this language or this idea or this picture of the Holy Spirit, in the same way that Jesus was on earth as a historical figure in a time and a place, the Holy Spirit now is God everywhere at all times. And in the same way God came to humanity in the form of a person, Jesus, God is able to come to your life in the form of the Holy Spirit. And He is real and He is alive. And your soul, the immaterial, invisible, deep part of you was designed to be filled by the Spirit of God. Now, if you've never heard this, this can be like a lot to get your head around, but I've got to tell you about it because this is so good. Maybe the reason you've been feeling the way you're feeling, running on empty, is because no one told you that your life can be filled with the very thing that was designed to fill that deep part of your life, the Spirit of God. And Jesus had a name for the Holy Spirit. He called Him the Helper. And you need to understand this about your Heavenly Father. He had given you the gift of His Spirit to help your life. I don't know where you're at right now, but I could use all the help I could get. And maybe you've been filling your life with so many, so many things to help you but yet you still feel like you're running on empty. Emotionally, you're empty. Physically, you're exhausted. Your creativity is gone. You find yourself with no patience. You find yourself with no care. You find yourself, your compassion's gone. These are all signs and symptoms of someone who is running on empty. And the good news is for you, in the same way, this is the picture Paul's painting here, in the same way you can fill your life with alcohol. He says, don't do that because it's gonna lead someone you don't like. He says, you can fill your life with the Spirit of God. Now, on a side note, it's worth noting, the moment you put your trust in Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But there's another side to it, and this is what's painting, and we see this through the New Testament. There's a, a now and there's a not yet. A now and a not yet. So right now, if you put your trust in Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. But then there's this picture of an ongoing filling. You can constantly be filled in the same way that you eat drink. Sorry, eat food and drink drink. There you go. I need another coffee. 
You can fill your life daily. You can have your life filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? You might ask. There are many ways. I just want to give you one right now. When was the last time that you just prayed? Fill me, Holy Spirit. Not give me anything, not asking God as like your personal assistance to help you out with something, but recognising there is a deep part to your life that nothing else can ultimately properly fill that. It wasn't designed for it. They break if they try to fill that. But to go, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? My hope is that you would do that right now or you did that today. Maybe you'd make that in the same way that you daily make a decision to have a coffee and you daily make a decision to eat food and to fill your life with a whole lot of things that you'd recognise as a party that also needs to be filled regularly with the Holy Spirit. You can take a moment every day to stop and to pause. Maybe it's before you go to bed at night. Maybe it's on your way to work. Maybe it's before the family wakes up or before you talk to anyone else and you stop and just pray and ask God, would you fill me? Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to pause this right now and just do that. Maybe you're with someone that has done that before and you've never done that and you can ask them, hey, what does he mean by that? And they can pray with you right now. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Maybe you're someone who isn't connected to church and it's as new for you and you're trying it out and you're curious, well, what next? I'm telling you, contact us, reach out to us, direct message us. We'd love to help you with this. This is one of the greatest game changers your life will ever experience. To pray this prayer, fill me, Holy Spirit. Now, again, the same author that wrote to the church at Ephesus saying, you know, be filled with the Spirit. He also prayed a prayer, and I want to finish on this today, to the Christians living in Rome around the same time. So we're talking like 2,000 years ago. And if you think about Rome at the heart of the Roman Empire, if you, in Rome, Rome had everything. Rome was filled. It was filled with all the money. It was filled with all the architecture, all the resources of its empire. They're all at Rome. If you lived in Rome, good chances are you were well off. You had everything you needed. Lives were full. In comparison to much of the rest of the world at the time, if you're in Rome, you know what it was to live a full life. And so writing to the people, to the Jesus followers, the Christians in Rome, here is his prayer for the people who had everything. Romans 15, 13, he prayed, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I just want you to know, this is a prayer I've been praying pretty much every single day for you. If you're part of this church, if you're part of Suncoast Church or Impact Church, I've been praying for this almost every single day for you since we haven't been able to gather in, you know, in facilities and buildings together. That the God of hope would fill you with joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it true that whatever we fill our lives with will ultimately overflow out of us? I mean, think about it. If you think any time you've had maybe anger pour out of you or frustration pour out of you, think about what's been filling your life, what you've been spending time consuming, watching, eating, reading, who you've been spending time with. There's no doubt about it. What comes out of our life is a direct result of what's been intentionally put into our life. So the Apostle Paul prayed that it would be God that fills you. He said, I pray that the God of hope 
would fill you. And he prayed this to people whose lives would have been filled with everything. But he said, even though you might have everything, the greatest thing your life can ever be filled with is God. He said, I pray that God would fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. Joy and peace. Ultimately, that God can give you what no thing ultimately can truly give you. Only God can fill that part of you that Jesus referred to as your soul. No thing, no experience, no other person. They all can help. Don't mistake me. They all can help. And God leverages them and God uses them to minister to us. But they can help, but they can't fill. Your soul has been designed to be filled with God. Amazing thought. So pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill me? And He says here, when you do that, what's gonna overflow out of you, what ultimately will come out of your life and will flow into the lives around you and to the people around you. I'm I'm telling you, all the people in your life will be grateful if this was the case with you. He said, it will be hope. Your life will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope. And when I think about what often flows out of my life, when I digest far too much of the news cycle, and I start my day looking at the bad news reports and how bad this is, and this is increasing, and this is getting work. The last thing that flows out of me from that is hope, right? You can, you can probably relate. Usually any bad or negative things that flow out of me, but the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus means that you and I can learn to look at all things through the lens of hope. Imagine what your life would be like if in facing all the crises that we're facing right now and all the uncertainty, if it was hope that flowed out of your life, can you imagine the tone of the relationships in your life, what your home would be like, what your life would be like, if hope was what was flowing out of you. But this is the promise that we find, as Paul said, when we put our trust in Jesus, it would be hope that flows out of us, that overflows from our life by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what the Holy Spirit gives us when we trust Jesus. So are you running on empty? Have you found yourself, you haven't paused and going, God, I need you to fill me. I wanna pray that prayer with you right now. And perhaps you're someone, you've never prayed and you've never conversed with God in this way. I wanna invite you to pray this prayer too. And it might be the first time you've done this. And it's just this simple prayer. Would you fill me, Holy Spirit? Come and fill my life. My prayer for you, is that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you running on empty? I'm super grateful that you're here. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by what you heard and inspired to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. Hope you can join us again on the next podcast or here at Suncoast Church.